Welcome to Season 2 of Breaking Free. I'm Rania Kurdi, a confidence life coach, comedian and mother of two. I invite you to join me bi-weekly for confidence tips and interesting chats with my guests who work in fields that help develop confidence. And sometimes with people who have a personal story to share of how they were able to break free from fears that held them back from living their life with confidence and purpose. My guest, Aduke, which means beloved one, is a London-based poet with Yoruba heritage. She has a passion for the arts, particularly their ability to heal and empower through storytelling and expression. Major themes of her work include beauty, brokenness, stillness and healing. Her poetry has taken her to many venues, from cookshops and community centres to cathedrals, and she's devised and run poetry workshops and events for various organisations, with the belief that creativity can help heal grief. Hi, Aduka. Thank you for being here Hi, today. Hi, I'm interested in knowing how you even got into poetry. Like, how did you start? What was it that made you realise that that was your way of expression? I think like a lot of people, sort of turning to poetry in dark times, I guess. Yeah, why is that? It's never happy times, is it? I'm feeling so happy. I want to express myself through poetry. Yeah. It always seems to be lyrics and poetry are come out of dark times. Yeah, and I think that's something, for me, that's something that... I love about arts in general but I've always loved writing and reading and and I think as a young person growing up there were lots of things I struggled with and I didn't really feel like I could talk to people Mm -hmm. um, about how I was feeling so poetry was like my way of letting some of those emotions out and I've always liked poetry um, but I wasn't a very confident person I was quite shy so I used to, you know, write them in my book and hide them and then sort of do things like show it to my, show it to people and say, oh, I just found this poem. Uh, <laughs> yes. What do you think of it? Yeah, I loved English. I loved poetry. Um, when I was a student, I was, I volunteered at a small poetry press and I used to go to their poetry readings um, and things like that. So I think sort of during my student days, I wrote a, a lot and then, but I didn't really share it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, yeah, I had an illness. Um, so I, di- I was diagnosed with lupus um, and it just really made me think about my life and, um, you know, what I was doing with it, what I was doing with my talents. Um, and I think from there, I kind of wrote more and, um and sort of I did one or two open mics and then I think in the last five years or so I've kind of done a lot more performing. Yeah so it's interesting that poetry started really for you because you didn't feel confident so it was easier to write it down and keep it private and it's the one thing that has helped you build in confidence perhaps or have to you know stand up in front of people and do spoken word and and things like that. Do you feel that you have grown in confidence doing that because of the poetry? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's definitely been a journey. One of my events, the first open mic nights, I remember performing some of my poets, poems and obviously because my poems are so personal, um, I felt like I did it, but I felt so raw. I hadn't really 
shared them and I hadn't maybe processed the emotions that were behind them. So it was a painful experience actually, but also the adrenaline and the, you know, the feedback that I've got from other people is, is what kept me going. So I'm not saying after that one, I did loads because it did put me off a bit, but it also made me realize that I needed to, to kind of process them and uh, process the emotions behind them. And I just knew that, I knew, I kind of knew that, um, I knew, I knew that I needed to feel more safe but I also knew that it was kind of something I really needed to do. And it was part, you know, it's part of who I am and that I would get better at it at some point. Um, and another sort of key thing was I would go and see other people do things um, and just sort of hang around the edge <laughs> and not necessarily put myself forward. Mm. But what one sort of thing that helped with that was seeing the Michaela Coel, who's an actress in the UK. So she started off doing poetry and music and I went to one of her events and I just saw her and I was just like, somehow I kind of knew that that was what I wanted to do or that I needed to do or that was. Mm. But I mean, it took so much courage yeah. for you to get up and talk about a wound that is personal that you perhaps haven't shared with somebody close, but you decide to share it with a room full of people. Yeah, I get more from sharing it than it does. Um, Being kept in. Yeah, mm. and and as I have processed things and as I have worked through some things, it's become less painful. And somebody described it as um, you write your poems and your poems write you. So basically as you speak out what what's inside of you, it is actually healing as well. Yeah. Some poems, when I read them, they actually give me strength. And I think, I think not all of my poems, but some of my poems have an element of hope or just examining something painful gives you distance and perspective so yes I mean your poem I'm not ashamed to shine is I would say inspirational motivational there's a happy tone to it um I'd love you to share that with us today yeah so this poem is called I am not ashamed to shine. I am not ashamed to shine. The world needs me to do my part. If I keep the me, only I can be hidden in my heart. I've robbed my neighbor, my friend, the stranger. I've mugged mankind of Moves undanced, songs unsung, stories untold, injustice unfought, hell unraised, hope ungiven, tunes unplayed, and words. Words only I can say my way. I am not ashamed to shine. 
who else am I going to be? If I hide under a bushel and not be the bigger me I pretend not to be or see, it's not as if I'm the invisible me. Who I am is plain to see. I am not ashamed to shine. Well, I am just a bit, but I'm determined to stick to the path that is lit before me. I'll make a start, not be put off by accusing darts of criticizers and perfectionizers, arrows from proud and envious hearts, just because I'm not their cup of tea with a plum jam tartlet. It's tough. You're slammed if you do and you're slammed if you don't. Isn't it better to take the flat than to keep step back and get stabbed in the back anyway? No, I won't be a thief of the world. I'll sing and dance and tell and twirl, shine my light to those who might not have any of my particular type, to find one, just one who delights in snowflakes and fingerprints and DNA, faces and features, no one the same, but beautiful precious, each one all the same. So I'll shake and I'll shimmy, I'll speak and I'll blaze, I'll give this world its due, but I am not ashamed to shine. Oh, thank you. I love the bit where you say, I am not ashamed to shine. Well, I am a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful where there's that sort of real person in the performance, you know, like it breaks it. Yeah, yeah. Because we all are, we all sort of might admire and hear, oh, I wish I was, or, oh, wow, isn't it great that she is? But adding that human sort of part of, well, I am a bit, but I'm pushing myself and I'm going to do it anyway. It's great. Yeah, I think that's just, that's just reality, isn't it? That is yeah. the reality. And, you know, I'm standing up there saying, well, I'm not ashamed, I'm not ashamed. Yeah, <laughs> Trembling <I'm> not. <laughs> and <laughs> got the sweats, yeah. Yeah, just to let them know, yeah, I am a little bit, but yeah. you don't have to wait till you're completely, like, shame-free or whatever. Yes, that never yes. and it breaks the ice as well so that, you you know, you connect with the audience at that moment. That poem was kind of inspired by two things. One was um, Amy Winehouse, the thing that struck me the most about her when she passed away was that that sense that people had been robbed. It got me thinking about how our gifts just don't belong to us alone, um, that it that they actually also belong to other people. And if we don't use them, we are kind of robbing the world of what we have. Um, and the other thing that really inspired me was that um, poem by Marianne Williamson about our greatest fear not being that that we are um, too small, that it's we're too big and we're kind of thinking, you know, who am I to do, to be fabulous? Who am I to be great? Um, so those were just the two sort of poems that kind of inspired me. Um, and I think I wrote it as a letter to myself, really, more than anyone else to kind of, in a way, tell myself the truth, you know, actually, um, you know, don't be put off by people. Um, you know that even if you keep the things to yourself it's not going to stop people criticizing you so 
you know you might as well and um yeah so so yeah that's that's kind of what's what was behind that poem and it just makes you think how many people out there in the world are in amy winehouse that never no one ever knew about at least you know amy had already put songs out there and been herself and made a made an impact but what if she was still at the beginning of the road where she hadn't or she didn't feel confident about putting an album out or a song out there or performing? There's so many people who have kept that to themselves and other people have been robbed, you know, where it could have influenced or inspired somebody else. And even when you're talking about um, Marianne Williamson, that made me think, even somebody who feels like, who am I to be a success or what is special about me? If they got up and said, what is special about me? Who am I to be? Even that would inspire loads of people to think, I feel the same. Oh, my God, if you can say that and feel that, you know, that's given me a bit of confidence or to feel like I'm not alone. So even that, even saying I'm not anything, I have nothing to offer that is a talent or whatever. This is how I feel and who am I to be in the limelight is inspiring and has a ripple effect. Definitely, definitely. So it's just about sharing, isn't it? Just share. Yeah, just share. And even if you don't share publicly, even if you share with your friends, People close to you or in in written word, uh, in a blog, in anything. It's about sharing the human experience, isn't it, with each other? You've mentioned that creativity helps with grief and that has led you to creating workshops for other people to do that. So, you know, finding that healing for yourself has then sort of pushed you to help others to find that healing. Can you tell us a little bit about the workshops and how that works and how you share? Yeah, um, basically um, my father died five years ago and I did write, I mean, I did write poetry. I, I journal as well. So I was talking to a friend and her father had passed away around the same time. And because um, we were just coming out of COVID, we just thought um, it might be helpful to put a series of events together to to help people to well, one to share what we'd written and our experiences, um, and then to kind of help people see that you could use creative means to help process grief. So we did a set of three events. The first event we um, collaborated with a, a, a guitarist, my um, friend Tuomo, who's an amazing kind of cinematic classical guitarist. And he took three of our poems. The poem one was about, that I wrote about somebody else's grief. And um, it really deeply impacted me. Mm. One was just about embracing difficulty, which is another theme. That I like to write about and then a poem that I wrote which was a memory it was about my dad making me a cup of tea it was a memory about what it felt like when he made me a cup of tea um I'd love to hear that one yeah and um so I shared those and my friend Lena Lena Norman she shared some poems and one of them was just about being on the train 
and being overcome with a memory. Um, so we shared those poems and we gave them to Tuomo and he created a piece of music to go with the poems. So we'd have a poem and have a space for reflection, a poem and a space for reflection. And the second event, we um, collaborated with um, two psychologists and we kind of had a panel discussion about grief. What is it? Um, how do you know if you're feeling it? Is there a right way to, is there a right way to grieve or a wrong way to grieve? Uh, talked about creative tools. Um, and then a friend of mine as well, who's lost quite a lot of people. Um, she, she just shared her experiences and what had helped her. Um, so that was quite a powerful session as well. Mm. I think it's really important to be in a group where everyone can talk about grief. So, you know, doing that through poetry, um, them hearing that it's a universal feeling of, you know, a memory can trigger the grief again, where you've been absolutely yeah. fine. You didn't expect it to come along. It's a sort of an up and down process will make everyone feel as well that, oh, yes, that's how I, you know, feel. And so that's normal. It's finding that other people are going through similar things takes away that worry or that shame or that wondering of how you should be grieving or not grieving, I think. Yeah, definitely. So the last event was a poetry writing event. So we had a task where people could write a letter. So that could be write a letter to the person they've lost. They could write a letter um, from themselves in the future. They could write... Um, about an event so we just gave people that space to to write something would you have ever thought when you started experimenting and writing as a young girl that that's where it was leading because you know usually it's our passion it's the thing that comes easy that turns into our calling and when we feel that dis-ease with ourselves. it's because we're not following our calling we've kind of done the things that maybe are harder that we were told we should do not the thing that we are passionate and, about and loved how does it feel that this has turned into it's amazing it is it is quite amazing um because I think that girl so lacking in confidence so fearful um so afraid to share afraid of being exposed so to be um standing up in front of people um and sharing and healing other people and even sort of helping people have more confidence and helping people to share their poems um is amazing and but it has happened step by step and you know it each step of so I had a step where I felt raw and then I had a step where I was just following people around who were creative and, um, you know, just being in awe of them and going up to other poets and saying, oh, I loved your poetry. I wish I, I want to do what you do one day to like trying it out and doing it and loving it and. And owning it now. It. Yeah. And mm. to the point of owning it now and feeling that confidence of saying, yes, I am a poet, I am an artist. Um, but it took just taking lots of steps and each step I grew, I did grow with confidence. Yes. And how has that um, affected other areas in your life to realise, 
wow, something that was really difficult for me, I've had the strength to just take it step by step and reach here. So if I can do that, what else can I do? Do you feel that it's affected other areas where you felt more confident to take a risk or try something Definitely. new? I think I've I've been trying to do that, I guess, at work. Just to tell myself that, yeah, to just take a step. I think another thing that helped was I did the artist's way. Oh, um, yes. So I'd really recommend that because... Yes, I'll put that book in the notes for anyone who'd like to look it up. Because that's yeah. similarly, it's kind of looking at your deep beliefs about yourself, um, where your beliefs have come from your family, from, um, you know, from the things you've experienced. Um, and it also encourages journaling or free writing every day. Yeah, it gives you some practical steps to 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 do that step every day, that little step every day that will reach to bigger one. Well, I'd love to hear the, the memory about the making the tea. Yeah. So this poem is called What It Felt Like When He Made Me a Cup of Tea. Twitch and tick, tick and twitch. Are we only still when magnetized to true home? Returned. I shake loose the right key from its band of brothers, insert, slide, and turn against a reluctant lock. This final barrier in my trek to this North Pole. You are shockingly present as I open the door, leaning in the hallway, deep in thought, keeping warm. In the Disney version, your warm embrace gathers me tight, so tight I can't breathe. In the fly on the wall version, your hug is the reply of an absent child at morning re register. Truant, but although you barely move, I myself am beholden, beheld, beloved, and I marvel. Am I really the switch that lit the light shining from your eyes? The power now elevating your grooved cheeks, shifting the position of your moles on those caramel contour lines. Now close together, now far apart, charting a lifetime, hidden hills and vocalized valleys. My heart is flooded like a winter pit before nighttime training. I see clearly what my body does not receive, what you do not know how to give. I give a kiss to an aged scoured David. Heavy as marble, you stiffen. In reciprocation, questions domestic arise. Have you eaten? What would you like to drink? I remove my coat. Enter the living and breathing and eating and watch TV room. The green settee consumes me like a tasty bowl of noodles. Plasticine realms claim me and I descend into the daughter-shaped place. I occupy for these occasional stolen moments when it is just you and I. Was. Wandering in the wilderness has left me tired so hungry, so ready to receive what will now be 
carefully tucked into snacks and mixed into the brownest of beverages. Slippers shuffle, snap the kettles on. Yawn. Shoulders of sluggish water molecules are shaken, roused by rising heat. From crusty-eyed, they're race-ready in three minutes. Poured onto tea on a string. Light brown sugar follows in. It's good for you. Milk, semi-skimmed. The final clink of spoon in mug. Rich tea biscuits accompany, become canapes at this soiree. My medicine arrives on a tray. I sip and savour it. We sip and savour. Drink in liquid life. Our hearts sing, our bellies swell, and we sit and watch the news. It's beautiful, just like a picture can freeze a moment in time. Saying all those little details about having a cup of tea together and what the looks meant and what feelings were there. It's kind of like looking back at a picture, but you've frozen it in your mind on paper in words. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, that's what I like about poetry as well. Like you can... I, they like photo, it is like photography that you can capture something you can capture a mood you can capture a moment and you're also capturing the thoughts that are going on in your mind so that part where am I really the switch that lit your eyes I think you said yeah 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 um yeah yeah really beautiful and and I think it's only until these simple moments the moments that we live every day that you've lost them, that you realize which moments have stuck with you as a really important frozen yeah. moment in time that you then appreciate and see so differently. Definitely, yeah. That was a very strong memory of yes. just one time that you know, I came home, you know, came to my parents' house and I opened the door and he was just there. He yeah. Just, he just there. Um, but he yeah, just gave me such a warm welcome. And that was my dad's way, so he wasn't very... Tactile or um, over, yeah. Yeah, so, but he liked to make a fuss of you when you, you know, when you came home with cups of tea, how are you, you know. So yeah. quite domestic things mm -hmm. in a way, um, meant a lot because that was the way he showed. Yes, well, those are the five languages of love. One of them is acts of service. Yeah. And that's how someone can show their love is through acts acts of service some other people show it through gifts or through affirmations and you know asking about you um and it's lovely when someone can understand that that's someone's way of showing love it's not the disney hug it, <laughs> yeah. it is <laughs> it yeah. is their way of showing that they love you by asking you would you like this would you like some of that yeah yeah and it's mm. it's nice because I can remember that every time I share that poem as well. Yes, and it did make the rich tea biscuit become a canapé at the soiree, <laughs> yeah. you know, because... Yeah. Not just the rich tea biscuit, it's more... Yes, it's yeah. his offering of love, which makes it much deeper. It's not about, it's just a rich tea biscuit. Thank you, Aduke. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Breaking Free, please share it with your friends or on your social media platforms. And of course, I'd really love it if you can subscribe, rate or review the show. 
You can reach me directly at raniakurdi.com if you would like to ask a question, comment on what you heard today, or find out how I can support you on your journey.